You are now entering film I see, mate. You're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of chew bubble gum piled, you know that? Say it, sir! I don't believe you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Cloudin, and I'm joined by, currently in second place, (laughs) Brandon. How are you, sir? Man, I am good, Phoenix. It is good to be back. It's it's good to be talking another MCU film. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a, uh, definitely, I guess you can say a mixed bag as far (laughs) as reviews on this one. So I'm excited to talk about it. How are you doing, Phoenix? Excellent, excellent. And of course, this week we are joined by returning guests. So happy to have him back. Jeremy Bryan. Jeremy from, of course, uh Paralo- Paralel. I'm gonna get that right one day. Paranormal, the new normal podcast, and of course, uh Racket Bastards podcast. Jeremy, welcome back, man. So happy to have you. Be happy to be back. I am actually no longer officially a part of Racket Bastards, it's a little falling out there, but it's all good. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, some people just th- when you're too outrageous, some people don't like dealing with you. Oh, that sucks. It was a good show though. Great run. <laughs> yeah, he helped start something and then you know, thrown off. <laughs> it, it happens. Oh, can't wait to see what else you do in the future. I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. But uh yeah, super happy to have you back on. And we are talking the 31st. I believe it is film in the MCU Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. This is the third Ant-Man film. Uh, we got Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer returning. We got Catherine Newton as an aged up Cassie uh, back. We do not have T.I. or uh, uh, Louise. We do Michael have Pena. David. Yeah, Michael Pena. We do have David Dasmakian, but he's in a voice role, I guess. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so upset that they didn't bring out back Michael Pena and his crew because literally David is on that crew. Yeah, which I thought was weird. I was like, why is he the one we bring back, but not Michael Pena? You could give him a voice line in the yeah, movie, anything, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, so this story, uh, is a little different from the previous Ant Man movies. Uh, Ant-Man and his family, they get trapped in the quantum realm where they discover Kang has completely conquered the quantum realm and they have to figure out a way to free the people that are in the quantum realm and also keep Kang from getting out as he will destroy everything. Pretty high stakes for an Ant-Man movie, Um, but overall, I want to get a general sense of what you guys felt going into this movie and then your uh first impressions coming out so uh brandon why don't you kick us off yeah man okay so i mean going into it i was not as excited as i normally am for an mcu film um just i think it's just between seeing like the rotten tomatoes reviews and just how they've marketed this movie i like i feel like the the super bowl trailer 
I think it was the Super Bowl trailer, whatever I whatever their second trailer was. Um, I just feel it gave away way too much um, for their film. So I'm like, okay, I'm a little skeptical about this. Let's see um, how this is. And I'm glad that I don't let reviews like change my opinion on films like some people do. I like to go into it. Like even if even if I'm like not as hyped to go in and watch a movie, I still give it a fair chair fair chance because I'm like I I'm like, let's see how this does. And I was pleasantly surprised. Like it's not it's not like the best thing ever by any means, but it wasn't bad. Okay. Jeremy, what about you? I mean going into it, I I mean, I watched the first Ant Man and second Ant Man at home. I didn't see them in theaters. Because I just didn't have the time and it was Ant-Man's. So I wasn't like pushing to go to a midnight show or anything like I would <laughs> with Avengers. But I just rewatched the first one and the first half of the second one yesterday at home with my wife to catch her up so we can go see it together while the kids were in school. And I mean, I've got to say, I got I give more props to the first and second one than I originally did because they are just great heist movies and they are Paul Rudd's amazing. I mean, Paul Rudd's always amazing and just, they're good movies. But going to this one, I was a little bit like, all right, I know they're doing Kang because Loki set them up to do Kang. And I'm like, they, I'm like, if they're going to do Kang the Conqueror, they better do him right because it's Kang the Conqueror, one of Marvel's biggest villains ever. I mean, he was the main bad guy in Lego Marvel 3. Like, he was the main bad guy. (laughs) Like he's he's one of the biggest he's one of the first Avenger villains in comic books. Like they better do him justice. And honest to God, was not disappointed with how they did Kang. Not now, at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you want to talk disappointment? Let's go talk about Modok for a minute. But um, <laughs> and we'll get into that when we dive into spoilers. Oh my God, I'm gonna I mean, get started oh, on we, that guy. We we oh we oh we will. But I mean, overall, I was as I posted on Twitter and Facebook yesterday. This movie was basically Marvel meets Star Wars, and I was <laughs> amazed by it. It's well, basically it's Marvel meets Star Wars. The whole Spark of Rebellion idea yes. was the idea for this movie, and different. It was almost like an alien world, like being on an alien planet, being down the quantum zone, which is fucking awesome. Like so many different creatures. I want a Marvel <laughs> show about the creatures of the quantum realm and their oh, stories. Yes, yes. <laughs> Give me a tale, Tales from Jabba's Palace or Tales of the Bounty Hunters type story <laughs> of the Quantum Realm. Wow. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about that, but like, yeah, like, you just opened up a whole new world, and I'm like, yo, I kind of want to know more. Like, I'm like... I want to know, of... know about the guy who wonders about holes. <laughs> the goo guy? Yeah, he was great. You want some more of my goo? Yeah. <laughs> So like oh, yeah. it's it's interesting because I'm like you know we had the the mixed reviews, um we're coming off of a few I would say not so stellar at least not Marvel standard uh type of of films and projects. Fuck you um, anymore. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like Wakanda Forever to me easily one of the top three things of Phase Four. But that's also a very low bar. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? So, so like, yeah, 
But, you know, She-Hulk was awful. Moon Knight ended up being disappointing. Absolutely what? hated Hawkeye. Miss Marvel was good. Miss Marvel was Miss Marvel was great. <laughs> how, do you hate, how do you hate Hawkeye one? Hawkeye oh. was like an amazing Christmas I Heart oh. type movie. Ugh. If you Hawkeye. if you if you take a look awesome. at what they did, uh, <laughs> take a look at what they did to good old Kingpin. Ugh. <laughs> oh my god. I Dude. was so disappointed with what they did to Kingpin. Like Kingpin was awful. Uh uh what they did with the uh, with the villain who like her mom that was weak. Echo was terrible. I'm like, nothing about that show. Not nothing. Like past and, I think episode two, it just lost all interest for me. And then Tony Dalton. Like I, I hate to go off oh. on a tangent, but Tony Dalton, <laughs> the guy who literally plays Lalo Salamanca in Better Call Saul. You give him like it, like you give him a joke role, like Uncle Jack in this. Get out of here. I mean, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I forget, I loved Hawkeye. I thought it was a, and I mean the Avengers musical. I want them. I want. I want them to do a full Avengers musical. Oh yeah. Oh, we're oh, all yeah. we're all still on that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. A full, uh, yeah, fully do that. That would that would be great. But like that's about the only thing that. And, <laughs> you know I what's funny? If, if you play that new game, Marvel Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Captain America says constantly in that game when he's fighting people, I can do this can all do day. This all day. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, so we had a few, I would say, underwhelming projects coming, you know, just off the heels of that. Uh, we go, I, so I, like, you got underwhelming projects, you got mixed reviews. I'm going into Quantum Mania, kind of like, uh, like, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know what I'm saying? Cause my, like, I think. You know, outside of Wakanda Forever, what came before? Was that uh was it Love and Thunder before Wakanda Love Forever? And Love and Thunder, sucked. yeah. What, uh, I, I, know, kind, no, I kind of liked Love and Thunder to some no, degree. No, that was I mean, terrible. No. It, it was to awful. me, <laughs> if if you read the original Thor comics, they went straight from the bear. I don't care. And the end <laughs> like, scene. The end right. scene. No, didn't save it. <laughs> like, yes, it well, did. Homo was the trash. Fact, the fact they're saying up the fact they're saying up Hercules like oh hold whole movie was trash throw it in the trash like if it weren't for Thor the Dark World that would literally be the worst thing that the MCU has ever done yeah. like, like like so again like I said very low expectations going in not even very low but like just not super hype right like I walked into Wakanda forever expecting the best thing ever. So, like, let's say I would say that my expectation was not nearly there, um, but I was like, you know, let's let's see what it what what it gives. Um, but to kick I, off phase five, yeah, right. I am really blown away by the response that this movie has gotten. Like, truly blown away. This is outside. Like, I I posted in our in our group chat um, yesterday. Outside of Eternals. Uh, no way home and probably shang chi this is better than everything we got in phase four <laughs> like like genuinely better than everything else that we got yep. in phase four and i'm like the idea it's not a big competition either right i'm like the idea that this is now the second lowest rated mcu movie i'm like that something something isn't right something isn't clicking here like i'm like I, I i literally spent the the entirety of the movie going okay when am i gonna see the stuff that's m- making everybody go this is terrible like i was like 
like genuinely i was like okay eventually i'm gonna see what everybody's complaining about like i'm gonna see what 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 they're not vibing with and like it genuinely never came i was like it genuinely never came kang was freaking awesome like awesome like talk about a character done well yeah it's very different from the first two movies but newsflash those first two movies eh. it, it, <laughs> like it, it, it need to be different if they did yeah. just another heist on earth movie like right thing with some wannabe villain that they screw up horribly like ghost then right. <laughs> exactly it's like, like it's like then you're, you're just gonna have like a, a poor reception for a film right. i like the change of pace i really like how like the villain just didn't didn't just die in this one and in, in a way um right and I, I really like how we're we're we have Kang for the next like two phases and as it's the villain. Be glorious. <laughs> Until uh, Galactus comes. But Oh yeah. <laughs> I wonder but, how long yeah. it's gonna be till we get Galactus. I think Eternals is gonna be the big Yeah. It should be a few it should be a while. It, I, like I mean it's gonna be fantastic Fantastic Four has to come first. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. So yeah, for me, like coming out of it i'm just like i was like standing outside of my movie theater like puzzled i was just like what movie did everyone else see like mm-hmm. i'm i'm just like so confused because i'm like this that makes no sense <laughs> like like there's one complaint just one complaint that i think has some merit to it but even then i'm like is that enough that it takes away from the story that we got, the action that we got, you know, the character development that we got? No. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm floored by this. Like genuinely outside of maybe three films, like I said, this was better than everything I saw in phase four. Like this Mm -hmm. to me was Marvel's comeback. Like Uh from how, how but disappointing phase four was. You have to also realize though, they're setting up young Avengers, and this movie did a great job of doing that as Fantastic. well as as well as She-Hulk did. Yeah. But it because it brought Scar Scar in. Scar, yeah. And um, I mean, that's one of my favorite freaking scars no, from my favorite character. Scar, no matter ago. how bad his CGI was. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't yeah. as bad it wasn't as bad as Ugly Sonic, so come on now. <laughs> <laughs> see but they fixed ugly sonic because people yeah. don't care enough about scar to freaking go no. and start a <laughs> but so yeah let's go ahead let, let's go ahead and break the seal uh and officially talk spoilers for ant-man and the wasp quantum mania If you haven't watched it, please go watch it. I personally think it's fantastic. Hopefully it does some numbers at the box office. But uh, Brandon, why don't you start us off with your spoiler thoughts on yeah, the end of the um, I'd like to get the negative out of the way. Like okay. one of the only few negatives I have about this movie. Modoc, man. They <laughs> did not do him well. Like, listen, I'm completely fine with him being like as Darren. Mm-hmm. But like, I'd much rather prefer like human Darren over Mo- how he wasn't as Modoc like I well I mean the fact that one Modoc is not 
originally from the quant. He never they never did stories where he was in the quantum zone at all. Like Modok, yeah. <laughs> they, they should have done Modok in the Hawkeye show for God's sake. Like that would have made more sense. Like or even in the She Hulk show, they should like done something a bit with him. But like Modok is just. Yeah, they did a better. They did a better version of him on the cartoon with Pat Oswalt voicing him. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, like yeah, it's just it's just really disappointing because like they turned him into a damn joke. Well, yeah, he is but, a joke, but well, yeah, I was gonna say like Modok is kind of he's kind of like a a, a throwaway character in a way. Like yeah, and why was no, everybody I did, freaking out about him? But I did I did like that they actually brought up the good point that he should be called Modok. Yeah, Modok. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Like, actually, and it's funny though. I had no problems with Modoc, like none whatsoever. Really, like none, really. Um, I loved that we got that throwback that he, you know he's a character from the first Ant Man. It actually kind of makes sense for the it MCU's does. version of 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 Modoc. That kind of totally makes sense. Uh, so I really dug that. Um. I noticed, like you know, the the face is probably, probably the one thing that I'm like, yeah, uh. they could they could they could CGI that so much fucking. Yeah, they could have done that like a little Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, they could have did that a little bit better. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know. The fact that it's kind of bad, kind of ugly, kind of works. <laughs> so it, it, like, it does. I mean, other than the <laughs> other than, other than the origin story of Modok, like I kind of right. like, I like that they kept the guy from the first movie. That kind of made like, I like it when yeah. they do that. Like that's. And that's fan service. That's all it is. But it mm-hmm. made it made timeline sense too. That's 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 why I kind of dug it. Yeah, I mean it did, but it just I don't know. He, uh, I mean, and the fact that they killed him off so fast, like it just like yeah. uh, that. that well, but that leads me to think there's gonna be another Modok at some point from another universe Probably. or something that's gonna oh, pop yeah. over, which might be the right one. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. Like, like we we keep we keep talking about just like how poorly certain characters are handled and then you forget like the multiversal war is coming right <laughs> like i look something i'm really looking forward to is like how secret wars in the king dynasty occur- well not in that order but i i i've a uh very interested to see how those two are gonna like shape up but um like a, a quick positive i have is like not even related to the movie i love how it was able to um so Phoenix knows this. I showed my grandfather the entire MCU over the span of a couple of years. Mm. And so um he hasn't seen a lot of phase four, which I just need to catch him up on, but like he's familiar with Ant-Man's story. He's seen all the rest, just except for a few projects in phase four. So um I'm like, cool, let me go ahead and take him to his first opening night MCU film. Like I know he could he could give two craps about it being opening night, but I mean he had a great time. He really enjoyed it. Um that's that's interesting because like after I left, uh, I caught an Uber home, and I had a very chatty Uber driver, which is not my favorite, but whatever. Um, but we were talking about movies, and he, you know, he brought up that he wanted to take his his son to see Ant Man and the Wasp, and his son was six, and I was like, I don't know. I'm like, like to me, I'm like that if if I have any complaint. Uh, uh, well, uh, any other complaint about this movie is it definitely feels like if you're not hardcore following the MCU, you might be lost. Like, like I don't think so. Lost. Okay. I mean, 
it's kind of a standalone movie in its own way too, though, because it yeah, very much is. I mean, because my, my wife is not a Marvel fan, an MCU fan at all. She only knows about it MCU because of a uh, X and because of me. Right. And and I mean, she thought the Ant Man movies were better than any other Marvel movie she's seen. Wow! Like, <laughs> like I mean, I then again, like she never actually sat through Infinity War and Endgame, so I can't hold too okay. much stock in that. Sense. But <laughs> you know, so, she only saw parts of it because she would be walking walking around the house when I was watching it and whatnot. But yeah. I mean, it's just. And she she loved this movie. Like she she I asked her when we, when I got done. Like so, what do you think? She's like, it was really good. I'm like, she's like, that was a good movie. I'm like, I think I also can't wait to show my eight year old it because he's not into the MCU like that. Like he knows the characters and whatnot, like all kids do, but he doesn't know the storylines and everything. But yeah, he's gonna love it because of all the different creatures in the quantum realm. That's true. Yeah, it's like it's like Star Wars. The kids will stick yeah. around for the creatures more than for anything. the creatures. Like, and I love that people like bring up that point. Like, obviously, you know, Brandon knows I'm like, I've only seen the, the original trilogy when it comes to Star Wars. So, <laughs> which you so, will eventually need to see. Right. Because, so, like, I'm dying over here, not the, with the fact that we've even been able to record, review a single Star Wars movie on this podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I've only seen the original, uh, trilogy and like but even in seeing the original trilogy i get the star wars comparison with this movie because i'm like you have this entire thing is kind of based it's not even based in like magical fiction it's based in science fiction you know what i'm saying and it's and it's got these elements like so much of this all i all i could see was like empire strikes back (laughs) like throughout this entire movie like that's all i could see all i could think of uh throughout this whole movie i mean kang's army like come on like it's it's literally pulled from like star wars uh like lining up the stormtroopers and all of that like that shot was completely reminiscent uh of star wars movies but like i i totally get the comparison and i think it's a fair and apt comparison and if you are you know if you've seen the entire you know star wars trilogy like like brandon has like you have to appreciate the swing if, that marvel if, went for in this if if you've seen all nine movies i mean yes we don't talk about the sequels for many reasons but if you've seen all nine movies and if you've seen all the cartoons and everything that they've done for and all the shows that disney plus has done right. this lines up i mean as i said on twitter yesterday kevin feige is a genius take my yeah. money make yeah. my marvel <laughs> But. Yeah, so like I said, the the Star Wars comparison I totally get. Obviously, Feige's a big Star Wars guy. To me, like what was great about this film, which is something that I didn't feel at all throughout. I just, oh, I just, sorry to interrupt, man, but I just yeah. thought of this. Was that Bill Murray was basically pulling Orlando Calrissian in this movie? He totally was. <laughs> he oh, was just saw that. He was. <laughs> he was told. He was totally fucking bringing to the dinner table with Darth Vader. Like you totally oh, was. Oh wow! I didn't even realize that. Yo, that is that is pure rip. <laughs> oh the, wow! The, I mean, and the fact that we knew Bill Murray was in this movie for a long time, like it's been mm-hmm. rumored for a long time that he was playing some kind of bad guy in this movie. Right. That's why when he came when he came on, they're all buddy buddy at first, and like she's hinting that she slept with him, like when she was stuck there for thirty years. <laughs> uh, she's like, like, I had needs. And <laughs> that was one of the funniest scenes when they're it in the ship, so and, she, and she's like, I have need. And then like Michael Douglas Hope. is like, Yeah, I, I, I had one girl because I have need right. too. And the fact that their daughter's like, Ew, <laughs> <laughs> so gross. <laughs> that was great. Oh man, 
I, I dug it. Like, one other, like, oh, sorry. Hold on, let me make this other point before I go on to that one. Um, But yeah, the thing that I felt during this movie that I didn't feel at all through much of Phase 4 was that this actually felt like a comprehensive, fully realized film before it was like a, oh, we got to tie into this or that or something like that. Whereas I felt like every other Phase 4 film felt like a puzzle piece. Like, oh, like, here's the corner. And once we get, like, this next piece, like, you'll see the full picture. But, like, this one felt like this is, like, the big chunk in the middle where you're like, oh, that's a that's a fully realized story. Yeah, it, yeah, it felt maybe really fleshed will, out. Yeah, like, you know, obviously the rest will come later. Like, you know, say so we have the end credit scenes, which are amazing. <laughs> like... So, like, yeah, obviously the connections will come, but this genuinely felt like here's this Ant-Man adventure story that obviously takes place off-world. Um, and when it's done, well, you know what I'm saying? Off-world. Not technically off-world. Well, yeah, exactly. Off a uh, plane? I don't know. But, like... <laughs> but off like dimension. Off dimension. Yeah. Off dimension, yeah. So, like, but when we come back, like, yeah, obviously it's going to have implications that affect the wider MCU universe. But I love the fact that we just had this contained story that focused mainly on this character and, and didn't feel the need to, you know, be a half story of, of of this. As soon as we get this story, then it'll come together. Like, that. Like to me, like, that's, that's what every, almost every Phase 4 film felt like, was just... Mm -hmm. A piece of a piece um but i mean it's kind of like the first phase where instead mm -hmm. of instead of having colson going around have you heard of the avengers initiative mm. or uh fury but instead of having one of them go around and do that it was elaine bennis going around building her team of thunderbolts exactly mm. which yeah. i and that's why it need to be a puzzle and i love that they did that and that julia lewis dreyfus doing it because that's just makes She's it all the so better. Good. She's they, they, so good. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but can, we, <laughs> can we talk about uh, Cassie Lang here for a second? What did you guys think about uh, Catherine Newton as Cassie? I, I mean, loved her casting. Actually, I, I, I did. I, I didn't realize it was different from the person who played her in uh, Endgame till like today. But yeah. like, I didn't even realize it was a different actress at first. I thought it was the same actress from Endgame. But, but I like that they're bringing her forward to be her full wasp potential she'll be someday. Yeah, I was gonna mm -hmm. say, isn't isn't her tech is isn't she like Hornet? Isn't that her name? In no, the comics? Wasp. Wasp. Oh, she. She's also. Oh, wasp. Have oh, wasp. Is she just does she just take the reins of Wasp? Well, Janet Van Dyne died. Okay, well, okay. One to talk about this even we gotta talk about the fact that the whole MCU to begin with by not making <laughs> Hank not making Hank Pym be a founding member of the Avengers like he should have in the original movie. Right, obviously, yeah. They, and they Janet Van Dyne things around. I mean, right. Hawkeye and Black Widow shouldn't even have been in Phase 1. Right. That just, I had to get that off my chest. That pissed me off for a long time. <laughs> I mean, the MCU is different from the comics. Like, yeah, they're starting to be more comic comic accurate, but, like, yeah, but I think to should... set up, I mean, because I don't think really and truly they didn't, they didn't think to do this whole culmination of films until, like, much later on. Just to, just to go back to it, too, because I looked it up. In the comics, Cassie is called Stature, Stinger. Stature. Ant Girl and Giant Girl. Those were her four names. She used at different points. Ah, okay. I remember stature. That was that was the thing. Okay. I I uh, I think they handled the quantum realm really well. Um, I 
kind of wish they didn't work in front of like a green screen or a blue screen. I, I wish they did what they what they do with um the the ILM VFX that uh that Lucasfilm has, the yeah. industrial light and magic thing. Because I think that would have worked great here because they did that with Thor Love and Thunder, and visually I think Thor Love and Thunder looked great in that aspect. Um if they had done that with this one, I think it would have been like better effects, just visual effects wise. But um the film itself, man, like I think the story had really good I think it was really I had a really good story. Um like I I know everybody's been saying this, but I'm just gonna reiterate it. Kang is here to stay. And I'm here. I'm all here for it. I don't think he died in this. Um, I really don't think because they even though they mentioned Kang dying in the in the end credit scene, I think they were mentioned. They were referring to the one from Loki. Hmm. That's just a theory, though. Yeah, but like, yeah. Hmm. I mean, but I feel like he's he didn't die. He just got trapped. Yeah. My yeah. guess is so. My guess is what happened is at that time, as once that happened, um, he got after that Kang died, and the whole timeline reset itself. The whole TVA happened. Kang got pulled into the TVA, and that Kang is now in charge of the TVA. Mm. Oh, that's terrible! Oh my god! <laughs> like yo, so again, like I said earlier, like. Loki. Loki was a great show. I really enjoyed Loki, but Loki felt like a piece of a puzzle. And we are just now getting another piece of that puzzle with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And while I'm happy to finally have that piece, and it definitely filled in some holes and it definitely colored in some lines where I'm like, oh, okay, like, yeah, like it made that in credit scene. Oh. So oh. so good. You know what I mean? uh-huh. Well, I mean, like, I just have to say, I have holes now. That guy, <laughs> that guy was so funny. Yo, in terms, and that's another thing. Like, like, is it as funny as the first two? Probably not. Right? Probably well, not. You're missing the main comedian in it, Michael Pena. Exactly, but. It still has humor and great humor. Like the the holes bit, I think it's hysterical. The guy who can read minds and and he's like yeah. everyone is disgusted. I did not expect to see him in this film. Um, I'm William, I am William Jackson on his Harper. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I always think of him as Cheaty from The Good Place. Of I did course. not expect to see him. I'm like, oh, that that I'm was like, him. Oh, I didn't even think of that even. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. he's in the MCU because like. Because I never, because I always just saw him in the good place. When I watched Midsummer, I'm like, oh my god, it's him. Mm. It is him. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude's really good. And like, there was some great comedy bits. Like I said, some people really did not like Modok. I do not get it. I freaking loved Modok. I thought he was hilarious. I thought there was some very funny aspects to this movie entirely with. Uh, with particularly with Cassie's character, I thought Cassie had some great moments. Um, I, obviously, Paul Rudd had some great moments. I do love the fact that they strengthened the relationship between um, uh, Scott and um, Hope. Cassie or Hope? Oh, yeah, Hope. Yeah, Scott and Hope. I, like the fact that Hope is the one that comes back for him when he's fighting Kang. I was like, okay, like because for. 
I guess you could argue for like two movies and even like the bulk of this one. Like, even though they are technically a couple, I've always just looked at them as partners. Like, I'm like, I've never really looked at them as a couple in love until that moment when she comes back and she saves them. And I was like, that's interesting because I thought it would be Cassie, right? I thought Cassie would be the one to come back through the portal to save her dad. I was like, to me, that made that made more sense, especially with how the story was going. But mm-hmm. the fact that it was it was hope, I was like, oh, so now we are officially showing the real love that these two people have. Because if you like, if you watch the first movie, obviously they're adversarial towards each other. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And even to, even at the end of that, you know what I'm saying? They, they're, they're, you know, friendly, but it never felt like they were together. The second one, you know, they're technically together, but they work like partners, you know what I'm saying? More yeah, than they do but, a couple. I mean, Michael- Michael Penis' whole truth serum rant about them becoming a couple in the second one was right. kind of laid it on the line there. Right. So, like, this one is the first one where I felt like, oh, no, they're in love. Like, and that that really came through. So I really liked how they strengthened that relationship, which is only going to make it so much worse when, which, when one of them dies. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but that's also the thing, is that they didn't even have Cassie's mom in this movie, which... That, that added like a whole like all right there's no chance of them getting back together ever then so maybe yeah, they are yeah. building the hope and i mean i don't know i mean they missed a chance for a huge storyline with if they did if they did a young hank pym and young oh whatever yeah. her name like they, they missed <laughs> they missed a whole chance to do like a whole alcoholism slash <laughs> storyline that could have spoke to so many people in this world that would have been like one of the biggest things marvel could have done I think I think it's definitely hinted at, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you could have fleshed that out a, a a great deal. Um, but yeah, overall, man, that's that's why I'm blown away because I'm like, here we have a story that was a, a, a incredible adventure. Like people who read the comics, right? You you know that every story can't take place on Earth, right? Some stories take place on Earth. Some stories take place in another universe, in the multiverse, in space. And now we have a story in the quantum realm. And like, so to have a character have an adventure, an actual adventure in another realm, and it be action-packed, you got science fiction in there, you got great character designs, you got your Star Wars tie-ins, and then you have this, this incredible family story you got a beautiful love story that culminates at the end. And then you have a real legitimate threat in Kang and, and a and a backstory that was like tragic and and frightening. This movie had everything. I'm like, like genuinely had everything. It truly did. And the fact I mean, one, the fact that I stuck the name Ant-Man, that freaking he Michael Douglas saved the day with Ant once again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that, too. Well, they opened the door for something that they, another idea for a Disney show they should do is all the times Kang says, I beat the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. I love That's that. a show. That's that a line, show. <laughs> that line gives me chills every time when I hear it's like, you're an Avenger. Have I killed you before? Killed you before. I'm like, oh, my oh. God. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I love when he's like, are you the one with the hammer? With the hammer. 
And he's like, he's like, well, I mean, the physique, we do get matched, we, we do get mixed up all the time, me and Thor. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of that com- comedic joke because, like, at, at that because he just he just subtly he just subtly dropped like name dropped that he ki- uh, suddenly dropped that he killed Thor in a different universe, and I just mm-hmm. I thought it was just seen as a joke. I don't like that. But he, like he, because okay. because of just Ant Man saying that oh we have like similar body types. I didn't like yeah. that. Any any true comic book fan, which are in my opinion the only fans that matter in these movies, um, <laughs> they they know. That that that's not a joke. They know that Kang has decimated oh, yeah. Avengers on countless <laughs> worlds. I mean, yeah. But you gotta remember. I mean, see, they need to bring the freaking Illuminati. And, and then world. he gets beaten by ants, though. Like, well, he technically but, didn't. <laughs> he, did, he didn't get beaten. He got distracted long enough for them to get get away, away. out of there. Yeah. And then he got trapped, and that's that's yeah. it. But that that final scene where he's trying to get to the portal and it's him and Scott fighting like that's a good ending scene Ooh. fight scene for a movie like that the only thing I'm the- mad about that is they they gave that away in the trailer that was the only thing I was the, mad at like I was I like watch, wow I didn't watch I didn't watch one trailer okay th- yeah smart because I'm like that scene was intense and oh and, what the we don't need oh, to win I don't need to win we both just need to we lose. both just need to lose I'm yeah. like. Why would you give that line and that scene away? I mean, yes, you could show that Kang is not to be messed with. I get it. But, like, I feel like you could have had every other scene, like, you know, him being angry and shooting the lasers, him, you know, stomping on on Scott's head. You could have had all of that and just left out that scene and that line. Because it would have been so much more impactful seeing that in the theater. Man, when Kang, break, when Kang broke his helmet, yeah. that scene was great. When he just straight up stomps on his face. Yeah. yeah, that was intense. But there's something they missed that Kang always has in the comics. And it's something they should have done. If they, And it brings point to your point, Brandon. If they really wanted to show how horrible Kang person, how horrible a being Kang is... <laughs> In the comics, he always has a trophy room full of Captain we'll America shields. We'll, we'll see his. We'll see Thor, his trophy room. Thor, Thor, Molnir, multiple Molniers laying around, shattered. Like he always <laughs> has a. He, he always has a trophy room. I mean, he, I mean, keep in mind, like, room. keep in mind, they base in Loki. They had a trophy room that was just all Infinity Stones and drawers right. and stuff. Like, well, that's right. that's different. I mean, Kang, I mean, I'm he, saying, I'm saying, in terms of like, he's just I mean, gathered those from other universes. I mean, but Ooh. Kang also. But Kang, Kang always has like that trophy room that makes you shudder when you see it, even in comics. Because it's like, it's we'll like, see it. In the, we'll see it uh, in Kang Dynasty most likely. Oh yeah. I mean, if they go, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna do that if they go to like the world of Kangs, where like it's all them. But I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how they do that. I mean, because that's the problem with King the Conqueror. You can beat him a thousand times. He always come back from a different time and come back again. Like. It's that's the it's the worst kind of villain to have because you can't actually kill him. <laughs> Which I'm so excited for. Oh my god. Like when I saw that in credit scene, like with the multiple kings. And they were I'm just like, summoning them all. I'm like, oh my oh god. Oh my god. I felt like listen. I love Jonathan Majors. Like, like when I, like, the first movie I saw him in was Last Black Man in San Francisco. And even in that movie, I was like, this guy's good. Like this guy's like, he's got he's got it. You know what I'm saying? Like you know when you just see that and you're like, oh that that guy's got it. Like I just instantly. And then he went on to play in the Five Bloods, which was one of my favorite movies. 
He got, you know, he's in Creed 3, which I can't wait to see. Looks amazing in that. But in here, I'm like, dude, you he has to play multiple roles, different versions of himself. And it's so interesting. And then like the costuming and the makeup for each different one, like what? Like it's so cool. And he's bringing the fact that he's bringing different energy to each one. I thought was like in like insane. Like just the three that they have talking about, you know, the exile one being dead. Like you got one who's like part cyborg and he's like stiff and, you know, stuttery and everything. And then you got the Egyptian one who's very regal. Then you got this alien kind of one who talks like a lizard and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's already insane. And then we go inside this arena where all of them are coming from. And you got other ones who are stoic, who are mad, who are, who are insane insane loose like, cannons jumping up and down literally they're the, yeah. literally the one at the end that they showed was the true kang with the blue face like pounding his chest like let's go right. let's go like right. oh i mean i'm like ah uh, but dude like, like jonathan majors man like like that is the one thing i yeah. i will say no one has said a bad thing about jonathan majors for this entire the, the, no review has said oh majors majors blew it like if even if they did like you're you're a liar you're a damn liar yeah, like, dude, I, so... I see i see like not for the mcu by any means but i see jonathan majors ending up with an oscar over the next five years it could be for the mcu Counted. i could see kang winning an oscar all right so final ratings what are we giving ant-man in the lost quantumania jeremy mm, i forget we do just have five or ten. Five, five. I honestly would give it a 4.8. Wow. <laughs> just okay. the fact just the fact that Kevin Feige said it's time to make Marvel a little Star Wars y. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Brandon, where are you going? Man, like I feel like there's so much we didn't talk about in this movie. Um, there is, but, but yeah, I mean the world building of the quantum realm was great. Um I think overall still just my main issue was just I don't like how they handled Modoc. And like a couple of the forced humor lines here and there, but I mean overall it was a solid film. So I'm thinking I'm gonna have to go with a solid three and a half. Wow, that's actually lower than I thought you would go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, it was good. Just I, it was nothing great. It was nothing bad. It was, it, it was good. So yeah, solid three and a half. Um, I I didn't talk about this, but one of the things that I that I definitely had a big complaint about, or the only thing that I could see pretty much all the reviews talk about that that they complained about was the visuals like it was just too much too much visual effects and and i i can kind of agree with that like you know what i'm saying yeah it's a lot coming at you and it can be a little visually noisy so i can see why that might turn some people off um but like i said that was the biggest complaint and i'm like yeah but the story the character development the themes, the the badassery of, of Jonathan Majors as Kang, none of that is destroyed or 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 taken away by the visual effects. Like, and I actually think, strangely enough, I actually think this movie had better visual effects than anything in Phase Four. Like, like, like I said, outside of maybe Eternals, like this had better visual effects than I think 
the bulk of that phase. So I don't, again, like I see what people are talking about, but that's not even a complaint that I share. So uh, I am actually, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm gonna go with a 4.5. I really, really dug this movie. Like, and especially after so many underwhelming and and quite frankly, disappointing uh marvel movies it feels so good to get a film that is actually really fun really entertaining really cool with a badass villain and 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 i'm actually actually excited for what's to come that's that to me is something that the mcu hasn't done in a long time so i'm very very thrilled with this so 4.5 for me 4.8 for jeremy love it and a three and a half from brandon uh, what did you guys think of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Let us know on uh, Twitter or Instagram at Pod, And we are going to move on now to What's Good. What's Good, What's Good, What's Good. Gentlemen, what have you seen? What would you recommend? Brandon, what do you got? Oh, my God. Okay, I can't go without talking about this. It's another what's bad for me. Oh, um, I think on. it is the worst film I've ever seen. I went and saw Pooh, Blood, and Honey. Um, you saw, oh. Oh, my God. I th- like. I knew it was going to be bad, but I expected some like part of it to be good. No, it was one of the worst films <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. There was no horror to it. There was no, like, the kills were brutal. But there was right. like no, nothing made sense. Like, just take the laws of physics and toss them out the window. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, what do you got? Ah, uh, I mean, I honestly haven't been watching that much lately. But I mean, I actually I did. What did I watch? Oh, Animal Control. Awesome new show. I cannot wait to see where this show goes. What's it called? Animal Control. It's a Animal it's Control. a fo- it's a Fox sitcom with Joel okay. McHale as the lead role. Oh, I've seen the commercials for that. <laughs> it, it, I watched the first episode last night and it was amazing. I, I mean it's Joel McHale. Anything he touches, I love, but he he is amazing and I love it. It's hilarious. But movie-wise, I haven't seen much lately, honestly. I mean Batman, I think Ant-Man's first time I went to theater to see anything since Black Widow, maybe or no? That's really? Not. No, no, no. What? Oh, since the Batman. Okay. Okay. All right. Which, so... which is still the best Batman movie ever? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but uh, uh, no, I didn't. I finally got around to seeing Boogie Nights. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's film starring uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Um, love, 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 love this movie. I think it's hilarious, Brandon. I don't know if you've seen Boogie Nights, but like the funny thing to me is I'm like, Boogie Nights is literally like uh, Babylon, but like in 1990s. And I'm like, you know how people say uh, this walked so you could run. I'm like, no, like Boogie Nights ran so Babylon could tiptoe. Like, like, like that's how 
intense and crazy and out of this world and and graphic Boogie Nights is. I freaking love that movie. I highly recommend it. It's top of my list of Paul Thomas Anderson films from from for now till I see the rest of his filmography. But uh yeah. So highly recommend it. Boogie Nights from me, uh Animal Control from Jeremy and try to avoid poo blood and honey if you can. Uh and that is what's good from us here at Film Code. All right. It is officially that time. code word this week it was my code word um and my code word was volcano and you're it's a movie between 2015 and 2020 supporting actor did six films between 2021 and 2022 your director is known for comedy and your lead actress is in the mcu so jeremy you are our guest which means you have the great honor of going first <laughs> what is your guess for the code word? Uh, see, this one was hard. Like, there's, <laughs> I literally sat there going through a list of every actress in the MCU and trying to figure out what the hell movie that I, you were talking about. The only thing I could come close to it that I could think kind of lined up was Kong Skull Island. Okay. Why? What, who's in Kong Skull Island? Brie Larson. She is. Okay, and I mean, and and Tom Hilston too, even though that's not a clue, but still Tom Hilston. And um, and there's a lot of actors in that movie though, and I could see at least one of them doing six movies between twenty one and twenty two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you have like twenty different army guys that get killed in the first half hour of that movie. So, <laughs> it's it's highly possible that one of them was in six movies between twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. So, and <laughs> and I mean, volcano. Uh, I couldn't find any movie that had a volcano in it in that in that time frame. So I had no idea what the hell you were going. Like I'm googling like volcano and movies, and nothing's coming up like for those years. So, oh, this is gonna be so fun! All right, Brandon, can you take the lead with this one? I hope so. What is your guess for the code word? I'm pretty sure I'm wrong here. Um, I willing to bet you I'm wrong here, oh. but I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, Moana. Moana. Uh, mm, I see that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I know I'm wrong just based off that question. <laughs> um, Who's, what actress in that is a Marvel is a Marvel star? Oh my god, a few of them. Mm. Um, oh yeah, it's a voice movie. So I think I, I I already know who does the voices in that movie besides The Rock. Yeah, no, the, they they have a few. Um, I'm trying to remember who exactly uh, it is, but one of the people in this film is from the MCU. I'm just trying to remember who. So. Bear me one second. <laughs> Rachel House. Rachel House is, is in Thor Ragnarok. She is. And um, Tamar Morrison, uh, he's done a lot of work over the past, uh, between 21 and 22. Uh, mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson has done a lot between 21 and 22. Yeah. So Alan Tudyk has as well. So mm-hmm. um, I'm willing to bet Alan Tudyk has a lot of voice work. So I ha- I personally have a feeling it's going to be uh, Moana. Wow. Uh, that was a really I, good guess. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I wasn't even thinking of animated movies. Shit. <laughs> that was a really good guess. And I'm so, I really genuinely thought this was easy. Like, I I felt like I gave you guys every clue possible. I'm pretty sure we're going to be like, shit. <laughs> Who was it? So the movie uh, actually takes place in the year 2020. Um, your lead actress who is in the MCU is Rachel McAdams, who was in the Doctor Strange movies. Yeah. Um, your director, who's done uh mostly comedies, he did Wedding Crashers, Change Up, Shanghai Nights, Fred Claus, is uh David Dobkin. And the movie that he did in 2020 is a little Netflix musical that I love. Eurovision Song Contest, oh the my Story god. of Fire Saga. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I never thought the, that. Which has the song, which has the song, Volcano Man. <laughs> so that's where Volcano comes from. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch that movie for a long time too. If I actually watched it, I would have freaking known that. Oh yeah, so there you have it. Eurovision Song Contest, the Story of Fire Saga. I really thought i gave this one to you guys oh i really thought i gave it one to you Man, so i love eurovision too because guess who performs in every year nightwing <laughs> they never was... they never won they never right. won but they're Lord, good Lord, one of my other favorite bands lordy has won but right eurovision song contest guys i highly oh, recommend God. this movie it is horrible <laughs> but it is the only Will Ferrell movie that I genuinely love. So uh I I can't recommend it enough. It has the uh Oscar winning song Husevik that was nominated in 2021 in it. Um uh, maybe I should have gave that clue. That probably would have helped. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I was thinking too literal. I was thinking too no, literal. No, see, because see, I would have yeah. gone with Moana again because that was nominated for a best original song. It was, yeah. Damn was, you. Like, like I said, that was a really good guess. <laughs> like, that was a really good guess. I almost gave it to you just out of sympathy. But <laughs> but there you have it. Check out Eurovision Song Contest. I highly recommend it. Uh, and we are going to get up out of here, guys. So, uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us again. Man. Can't, can't thank you enough. We appreciate everything you bring. Let everybody know where they can find you, sir. They can find me on Paranormal Than Normal. Maniacal Music Musings, both which are now on Anti-Social Network. And you could also find me on Global Strangeness every Sunday night, talk, getting drinking and talking about weird paranormal stuff for the, to my two co-hosts. But you can find me of all places on Facebook under Paranormal Than Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast with an S Facebook group. On Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. On TikTok as at Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And of course on YouTube as either just Paranormal or Normal or Maniacal Music Musings. Come see Phoenix laugh his ass off on our show, Maniacal Music Musings. <laughs> Absolutely. And Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears over on Letterboxd. Go check out when I'm watching. And yeah, thank you guys again for listening. All right, guys, you can find me on Twitter and it's uh, no, sorry, just Twitter at I'm HO Reviews One. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under PA Cloudin. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Film Code Pod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace. Yeah.
it is officially that time that we announce the nominees for our Film Code Film Awards podcast episode. Uh, all of us here at Film Code, including our guests, had a chance to weigh in and vote for their favorite films in every category that we have here. Uh, we're really excited to share our nominees with you guys, and we'll hopefully try to get this one out as soon as possible. Uh, but 2022, pretty solid year for movies. We had some great stuff come out, and uh, we're happy that we get uh, a chance to honor some of our favorites. So, uh, Brandon, why don't you kick us off? What is our first category and our nominees? Yeah, man. Uh, so the first official nominee list or category is Best Action Film. Your nominees are Everything Everywhere All at Once, RRR, The Batman, Top Gun Maverick, and The Woman King. Excellent. Excellent. Now, our next category is Best Comedy or Musical. Our nominees are The Banshees of Anna Sharon, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, and RRR. Nominees for Best Horror slash Sci-Fi. Barbarian. The Black Phone. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Pearl and Smile. Excellent. Your next category is Best Documentary. We had four nominees for this category and they are All the Beauty in the Bloodshed, EO, Fire of Love, and Moon Age Daydream. The nominees for Best Animated... Oh, my God. <laughs> the nominees for Best Animated Feature, The Bad Guys, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Is that technically an animated film? Yeah. Okay. Actually, it is. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. And Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Our nominees for Best Original Score are Babylon, Banshees of Inishirin, The Batman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, and RRR. Nice. Pretty good. Um, your nominees for Best Editing is Babylon. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery. RRR, and Top Gun Maverick. All right. Your nominees for Best Cinematography are All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Batman, and Top Gun Maverick. The nominees for Best Lead Actor, Austin Butler for Elvis. Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inish Sharon, and, and Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Yes. Your nominees for Best Lead Actress are Kate Blanchett for Tar, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Mia Goth for Pearl, Margot Robbie, Babylon, and Michelle Yeoh Everything, everywhere, all at once. The nominees for Best Supporting Actor. Paul Dano, The Fablemans. Barry Keegan, The Banshees of Inna Sharon. 
Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Inisherin. Brad Pitt for Babylon, Ki Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Mark Rylance for Bones and All. Your nominees for Best Supporting Actress are Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Dolly De Leon, Triangle of Sadness, Stephanie Hsu, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Lashana Lynch, The Woman King, and Kiki Palmer for Nope. The, best, the nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay, Bones and All, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Okay. Uh, best Original Screenplay, your nominees are Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Tar, and The Woman King. Nominees for Best Original Song, Natu Natu for RRR, Lift Me Up, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, You Made It Feel Like Home, Bones and All, Hold My Hand, Top Gun Maverick, this is a life. Everything, everywhere, all at once. How in the world is Good Afternoon not even on the original nomination list? What the hell, Phoenix? Uh, didn't get a lot of votes. I, I had to write that in. I had to write that one in. And I put it in there. I, I still haven't seen Spirited, so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, your nominees for Best Director are The Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablements, S.S. Rajamuli for RRR, and Todd Field for Tar. Amy Chazelle's name on this list? Yeah, I don't think he got enough. Which is crazy, because Babylon got like way more nominations than I thought. <laughs> All right, but we have arrived at Best Picture. Brandon, lead us through this list. Nominees for Best Picture are Babylon, Babylon. Yeah. Babylon? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the nominees for Best Picture are Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, The Batman, Bones and All, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, RRR, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, and The Woman King. All right. There you have it, guys. Those are that is our lineup for our third annual Film Cold Film Awards. Uh, I believe. Let me count: one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Everything everywhere leads with twelve nominations for us here at Film Code. That's an amazing haul. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Everything Everywhere leads our nominees with 12 nominations, followed uh, closely behind by Babylon and Top Gun Maverick, each with seven nominations. Uh, so thank you guys uh, for listening. Uh, we will get to our Film Code Film Awards hopefully this month. 
and we can't wait to share it with you guys. We want to try to get it out before the Oscars so that we can say, you know, we beat the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you all for listening and uh, peace. <laughs>